Welcome to Political Coffee, your one-hour thought-provoking news and commentary as you begin your day. And now, here's your host, Jeff Kropp. Well, the tanks are rolling into the streets of China, folks. Shades of Tiananmen Massacre. Is that what's about to happen there? Hmm. Back in a moment, uh, folks, while I adjust something here. Okay. Uh, Dale uh, sent me a great email about voting. There's news about that, obviously. Uh, in fact, there's a story out there that nearly 300,000, this is out of our Arizona, but it, the same principles apply here. Nearly 300,000 Maricopa County voters. 300,000 Maricopa County, that's Phoenix, folks, voters, checked in, but did not vote amidst tabulator printer issues. That's stunning. Hopefully, lawsuits are going to um, be successful here because something is really wrong. Now, Alabama, there's another story here, becomes the second state to take election security seriously and they terminated the ERIC contract. This is the Electronic Registration Information Center. There's a whole bunch of states, including Oregon, that are part of it. It does not do what it says it's going to do, and it enables the fraudulent activities that we know are happening. Now, I told you yesterday, I mean, I'm going to talk a little bit about all of this, a couple of other things that are important um, to remember. In fact, you should pay attention to this story about flash drives. Because they're used in Oregon. This is a story that we're being lied to, nothing new here, that the results provided by the media are not derived from flash drives coming from precincts. Mike Lindell has exposed the actual, and if any of you saw this on election night, you will see and know that he has exposed the system that allows, that everybody uses, okay? He's exposed what's going on here. Now, I have a story about this from a long time ago, and I'll get into it, but this this great story today is a powerful um, piece of information that you should know in the context of whether our election systems are compromised or not. 
It's a great story. I have it. The Emerson data and all of the data aggregation and house disseminated to the media all goes through this one company, one private company. That's all. Just one. And it is uh, scary, folks. You want to talk about the opportunity for fraud? It's a great story, and you need to watch it only again in context of how you can talk persuasively to people who are persuadable in your world. Now, I told you yesterday um, that I am going to get into the legal case against Measure 114, and we are. I am hoping that after this appeal or this this emergency adjunction request is heard by the federal judge, which will be in Portland now because they moved it, this case, from Pendleton to Portland. Gee, I wonder how that happened. Um, that I'm going to try to get Adam Johnson of Coat of Arms uh, to to come on the show and, and talk about it. It's important. No matter how it turns out, it is important. So we're we're gonna I'm gonna get to that at some point here. All right. I think this is so important, and I will continue to have uh, conversations about that issue and election issues with Mark Thielman on an ongoing basis. Who gets elected matters, folks. But it's, can we actually trust the elections process? Now, Dale wrote this email, and, and then I'm going to, I've got to read this to you because I think it's important, and, I'm, and then I'm going to dive into the legal case against Measure 114. Here's what Dale wrote to me, the apathetic pathetics. He said, I've been doing a little digging at the Oregon Secretary of State voting stats site in Marion County elections. Statewide, the voter turnout appears to have been 62% of those registered. In Marion County, about 82% of registered Republicans actually cast ballots. 62% statewide. He he says, that of course means that nearly 40% of all registered voters in Oregon simply could not be bothered to defend their rights, their very futures, or those of their children and their grandchildren. Side note, in honesty, we do not know the percentage of those who are registered who may be illegal aliens. Thank you, voter motor, or motor voter. He continues, There is a vision burned indelibly into my memory since childhood. I studied World War II voraciously as a kid. So did I, by the way. It is a vision from hell. Our POWs by the hundreds in the holds of Japanese freighter transports being shipped to Japan to be used as slave labor. The conditions in the bowels of those ships were an abomination before God. There they suffered and died and like less than any animal sacrificing themselves for our right to vote for our own freedom. Look how these men's deaths are being peed over. Now, 
I can scarcely maintain my rage at the nauseating apathy. Now, let me just say something about that. Part of, yes, it is a nauseating apathy that people, and we know them, we know who they are because they're people in our circle of influence that don't register to vote and many of them are people of faith. This is a stunningly sad thing. And it's because so many pastors are afraid or priests or rabbis, maybe even imams, afraid to talk about voting and how to vote and values from the pulpit or the stage. They believe, like many Christians do, that you literally just leave government to its own devices. That Christians shouldn't be involved. And folks, I know a lot of these people because they are all around me where I am on the farm today between Albany and Eugene. This is a heavily conservative Mennonite community. They do not register to vote and they do not vote. This is a sad thing for the very rights that allow them to practice their religion freely, to engage in capitalism. Those very rights were granted them in a constitution by people who voted, by men and women of various nationalities and races who went to war against tyranny. So what Dale said about these American POWs captured, the Bataan Death March, so many others who died at the hands, the brutal hands of the Japanese, These people simply do not understand that sacrifice. They're rarely taught it. It doesn't fit into their version of Christianity. Liberty, whether it is bought for us by the blood of Jesus Christ, the freedom of being free from sin and death and guilt and shame, for our actions and for the things that we say and do. That freedom is bought with blood. So is the freedom in governance today is bought with blood. The people of China are about to experience it once again. We and our rights to protect our families from government, from bad people, that people like Kate Brown and governors turn loose to prey on us again, as she did. Or from this story today in the Oregonian about how San Francisco police may deploy robots that can use lethal force. Oh, they're not planning to do it anytime soon, but the supervisors of San Francisco have said in emergency situations, we're going to let and they granted the city the permission to use robots and to lethally arm them. Terminator, 
folks. The movie Terminator, it's real. We have to be able to protect ourselves from it. We have to be able to elect people and we can trust that people we elected or measures that were enacted by our current voting system is real and it is accurate. That's why we carry on the fight that we fight. The legal case against Measure 114, this is an Oregon Catalyst story. It is from yesterday. It is written by Joseph A. Pickles. He's a Portland lawyer. And he starts by saying this. And we'll, then we'll go to break and we'll come back. Using prior Supreme Court rulings as a guide, the legal challenge to Measure 114 should succeed. Should. And then he goes on to describe that the Oregon Firearms Federation has filed suit in federal district court in Pendleton. Again, this has been moved now to Portland. Challenging Oregon voters' recent approval of Measure 114. The most controversial provision is the ban on large capacity magazines. I don't agree with that. That is not the most controversial provision. The most controversial provision, and the one that I believe will hold this thing up for years, as it goes to the U.S. Supreme Court, hopefully, is the fact that we have to have a permit to buy a gun. But we'll get into this when we come back. You don't want to miss it. This is important. Because this amendment, the Second Amendment, the right for us to protect our families from bad people or from government, protects all of our other constitutional rights, including free speech. Back in a moment, it is 620. Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. 22 minutes past the top of the hour. 503-589-1220 is the Power Buke GMC talk line. We thank Power and the Power Auto Group, including Power Honda for being one of our show sponsors and this radio station sponsors. If you're looking for a new or a used great quality automobile, go to mypowerhonda.com. You can check out their inventory, which is always changing. Mypowerhonda.com. You can always send me an email, by the way, to 503, or excuse me, <laughs> jeff at kslm.news or jeff at 1220.am. Corby writes me an email, says, coming to America with a K. Or is it already here? It's an InfoWars story about, it's a video of the Chinese medical police torture a woman in public to force her to submit to an anal swab. What? Corby writes, the question is, will people fight or will they just submit? Fair question. Is it already here? I hope not. By the way, Anna shoots me a text message and reminds you today, folks, 
is your opportunity to come at 9 a.m. to join Oregon People's Vote at the county commissioner's office in Marion County today. They're going to be presenting much of what they have observed and found, including emails and observations from you, the listeners, for what you saw if you were watching ballot drop boxes, if you're watching Marion County elections and saw them allegedly illegally continuing operations not in accordance with the law when they said they were shut down. Who's going to hold them accountable? Will the commissioners? Like Art said yesterday, and you can go to OregonPeoplesVote.com, all one word, OregonPeoplesVote.com. By the way, folks, there's an incredible amount of good information that you can use to become educated and help other people become educated. Anyway, that meeting is today. And you can even even like Art said, even if you can't attend the meeting today because you got to work, you can send them an email. You can make a phone call to them on your break. Now, the meeting starts at nine. So she writes this, Anna, please tell your listeners to come and join Oregon People's Vote and support or comment to the Marin County Commissioner's meeting today at 9 a.m. The address is 555 Court Street Northeast. 555 Court Street Northeast. You can call them. You can email them prior to the meeting or even after. Support election integrity. Support election transparency. You could watch it online, even if you can't make it. Dale writes a text message, if I can get my phone to work, that he agrees with me. The permit is the real constitution killer. It converts us into Europe. Yeah, it does. And he's right about that. The legal case against Measure 114. This lawyer from Portland, Joseph Pickles, writes this. He thinks that the large capacity magazine, which the measure defines as more than 10 rounds of ammunition that allows a shooter to keep firing without having to pause to reload. He says the definition is misleading. But it probably assisted in the passage of the measure. Any, in any event, the lawsuit asserts that Measure 114 violates various state and federal constitutional provisions. He writes, as applied to the so-called large magazine provision, the challengers are correct. Both the U.S. and, and the Oregon constitutions protect the right to bear arms. However, there's a difference here. Now, you need to make note of this and remember this. Here's the difference. Oregon courts have concluded that the right to bear arms is not synonymous with the Second Amendment. Now, basically, the federal courts have, but the Oregon courts haven't. You see, Oregon protects the right to possess firearms that were, get this, technologically similar to those commonly available in 1859 when the Oregon Constitution was approved. However, again, this is the Oregon courts. 
Firearms based on more recent technologies, such as automatic and semi-automatic firearms, are not automatically protected. This would appear to allow for more stringent state prohibitions. But state law is subservient to federal law. That's true. Federal law provides that the Second Amendment protections apply to all the states. Additionally, the Supreme Court, he writes, has determined that the Second Amendment extends to all instruments that constitute bearable arms. Let me say that again. The Supreme Court has said the Second Amendment extends to all instruments that constitute bearable arms, so long as the firearm is not unusual or dangerous. Now, the Supreme Court has created a legal review threshold which gun restrictions have to satisfy. And this is going to be the basis and is the basis in large measure to the challenges in federal court right now that have been filed to measure 114. The first step is to assess the provision issue and the normal and ordinary meaning of the Second Amendment. Now, this goes back to the 2010 landmark case, District of Columbia versus Heller, in which the Supreme Court said that the Second Amendment's operative clause guaranteed the individual the right to possess and carry weapons in case of confrontation. Now, I'll get into more of this in a moment when we come back. It is 6.30 in the morning. You want to listen here because there's good stuff here that'll help you have intelligent, persuasive conversations. Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. We are back. Great to have you with us. 503-589-1220 is the power of Buick GMC talk line. I want to thank Freedom Heating and Air. You just heard their commercial, uh, folks, for being one of our great sponsors. You know, yes, right now where I'm at on the farm, it is just blowing rain and it is cold. <laughs> and uh, I've been out working in this uh, on and off over the last uh, couple of days. And it's not fun. Not fun being cold on a really wet, rainy day. If you want to be warm and dry and you're not, you really should call Freedom Heating and Air. They'll fix that for you right away. That's what they're really good at. Just one of the many things they're really good at. Give them a call, 503-580-1456. 503-580-1456. They'll come out and they'll fix it for you right away. Or check out their website, freedomheatingandair.net. Freedomheatingandair.net. The legal case against Measure 114. We left off at the Heller decision. And by the way, Matt sent me an email that said, we need to all pray we can get an injunction on Friday on Measure 114. I hope the oral arguments work. Oregonians deserve to keep their rights regardless of what Democrats want. Now, I will tell you that I think, um, in, in fact, 
John McDowell writes, uh, I've looked at the Portland Federal Courthouse webpage and can't find anything about live streaming in the hearing in 114. I don't think it will be. He said, even though I can't do anything to affect the outcome, I'm planning on going up there Friday to show support. I'm glad and I hope that others who care about their Second Amendment right will do the same, will join you Friday. And so, John, I would ask you to tell me, give me the address and the time of the hearing so others can join you. Would you do that? I don't think that it is live streamed, so I don't think you can watch it. Um, so the Heller decision was District of Columbia versus Heller in 2010. The Second Amendment, the Supreme Court said Second Amendment's operative clause guaranteed the individual right to possess and carry weapons in case of confrontation. It struck down D.C.'s handgun ban because those firearms are commonly used by citizens for lawful purposes consistent with the Second Amendment. Now, the right is not totally unlimited, right? Restrictions on unusual or dangerous weapons are reasonable, as are restrictions on certain locations being, quote-unquote, gun-free. The Second Amendment protects the possession and the use of firearms that are in, and here's the phrase you got to think about, that are in common use at the time. That's what came out of the Supreme Court decision in 2010, the Heller decision. Common use at the time. Or are otherwise consistent with the intent and the enactment of the second commitment. In other words, he writes, this lawyer from Portland, to be constitutional, the regulation has to be consistent with the text and the understanding of the Second Amendment as it was intended in 1791 and not prohibit or restrict unlawful use of normal standard weapons. And then he goes on to talk about litigation and regulations have to be consistent on a case-by-case basis. Now, for it to be consistent with federal, for an outcome to be consistent with federal law, the reviewing judge has to determine whether one measure 114's prohibitions go so far as to restrict the application of a protected right under the Second Amendment, dating back to 1791. Under that approach, the outcome is clear. Justice Thomas concluded in Heller that the Second Amendment codified an already pre-existing right. It did nothing new. It just enshrined the standard. So that analysis would say Measure 114 is unconstitutional. Now, he says, for example, firearms and magazines capable of firing more than 10 rounds have existed since before the foundation of the nation. Did you know that? That firearms and magazines capable of firing more than 10 rounds have existed since before the founding of the nation. Did you know that? You may not have. Now, you know that this show is dedicated to what purpose? Helping you change your world. And doing that by arming you with ammunition. Did you get that? Arming you with ammunition? So that you can have those persuasive conversations with people in your world. So let's say maybe you're at work 
and you are having a conversation with somebody and you just happen to say, hey, you know, Measure 114 barely passed and there's going to be a hearing to for an emergency injunction to stop it from, you know, taking effect on December 8th. And did you know that, you know, one of the things that Measure 114 does is say that you can't have magazines that hold more than 10 rounds of ammunition. Did you know that even before we were a nation, that there were guns commonly in use that were and magazines that were capable of firing more than 10 rounds of ammunition? Did you know that? The lawyer writes, they have been in widespread use throughout the 19th and 20th centuries and are commonplace all across the world and in America. He concludes by saying, with no long-standing prohibitions against them, large-capacity magazines are entitled to Second Amendment, the Second Amendment's protection. As a result, he writes, Measure 114 is unconstitutional because it attempts to revise Second Amendment history and protections without providing a clear-cut constitutional standard. There is no means end reviewing standard when it comes to firearms. Instead, the court only looks at the text of the amendment in the provision and determine whether the provision infringes on the protections guaranteed in the right. Measure 114 clearly goes too far in its regulation. As a result, the challenges in Measures 114 litigation likely have a high chance of success. Now, Dale writes me a further text here. And this is this is why this is important, because you have this opportunity to persuade people who are in your your circle of influence, your world, whatever world that is. On issues like this. And you can do that by being active. So Dale writes, this says, Colm Willis is just one reelection to the Marion County Commissioner's Office is a good person. I will email him to express my anger over extended precinct hours. This is another thing that because he cannot be at the um, presentation today in the commissioner's meeting by Oregon People's Vote, he's going to engage himself. Because, yeah, there were extended precinct hours for voting. And then he writes this, Dale does. Do you suppose Antifa militants will submit to the strangulations of Measure 114? After all, they are the proxy private army of Kate Brown and Tina Kotek. No, Dale, I don't think they will because their very actions generally are criminal. Because they assault people. I know. They assaulted me and other Christians praying on the Portland waterfront. There's lots of video. Nobody got arrested because there weren't any cops there. Because the cops were told to stand down. Let Antifa run the streets of Portland. No, they are not going to submit to any regulation. Antifa thinks 
that the Oregon Attorney General, that the DA of Multnomah County, the city council, which tells the Portland Police Bureau to stand down, they know that those people all have their back. Antifa knows those people have their back. And Antifa knows they can do pretty much anything they want. Including a story that is in the um, Oregon Watchdog today. Where it says, and this is an Oregon Catalyst story, looters ram cars right into shops. Portland hit three times. K2 News, Channel 2. Reports two men crashed a van into a northeast Portland business Tuesday and stole the ATM. Then the Oregonian reported Portland police arrested a trio of teenagers as they drove stolen cars into the front of three cannabis dispensaries. Let me ask you this question. Do you think that the woke George Soros-funded DA Mike Schmidt in Oklahoma County is actually going to prosecute any of these people? Back in a moment. What do you think is the most dangerous part of Measure 114? Is it the permit or the magazine? Back in a moment. Jeff now at 503-589-1220. That's 503-589-1220. Let's return now to more of Political Coffee with Jeff Krupp. Ten minutes till the top of the hour. 503-589-1220 is the power of your GMC talk line. Emails to Jeff 1220.am or Jeff at KSLM.news. John writes me that the hearing tomorrow on the emergency injunction to stop Measure 114's implementation, it is tomorrow, excuse me, it is Friday, Friday, I'm sorry, tomorrow's Thursday, today's Wednesday, Jeff, yes, at the Portland Federal Courthouse, this is the Mark Hatfield U.S. Courthouse, downtown Portland. It is 1000 Southwest 3rd Avenue. Let me say that again. 1000 Southwest 3rd Avenue. The hearing is at 10 a.m. tomorrow, or excuse me, Friday, Friday, before Judge Karen Immergut. It is in courtroom 13A, 13 Alpha, 10 a.m. Friday, Mark Hatfield Federal Courthouse, 1000 Southwest 3rd Avenue, 13A at 10 a.m. John writes, there is no parking at the courthouse, so you'll need to look for a parking garage nearby. Friday, if you have time, you want to show support for the Second Amendment, then do that. Now, the Second Amendment protects the First Amendment. There's an OPB story today about Brian Boquist. Um, lawsuit that he continues to pursue against Peter Courtney 
and fellow lawmakers who sanctioned him because it's a freedom of speech lawsuit. You see, Monday, the Senate Conduct Committee rescinded its three-year-old requirement that Brian Boquist, as a state senator, had to give 12 hours notice before coming in to the Oregon State Capitol so that the Oregon State Police could bolster security because he threatened them, allegedly. Now, he sued in federal court. They dropped it. Why? Well, it just so happens He's also, by the way, suing in state court, and he's seeking an order from the Brian Boquist is, who's no longer a Republican, he's an independent, seeking an order from the Oregon Supreme Court that would prevent the state police or other state attorney general from enforcing legislative branch rules. Now, the federal court, the Ninth Circus Court of Appeals, ruled earlier this year They overturned a lower court's decision to throw out Boquist's lawsuit, agreeing with Brian Boquist that the safety measure appeared to violate his right to free speech as an elected official and that the 12-hour rule was retaliation for his words. The appeals court in April sent that lawsuit against Courtney Floyd Prozansky and Senator Manning back to the U.S. District Court. And Brian Boquist said yesterday by email to OPB, the lawsuit continues, adding that discovery, depositions, and other material has to be filed to the court by mid-December. Now, it's interesting that he said, he suggested, Brian Boquist did, that the state Senate Conduct Committee suspended the interim safety measure until a judicial ruling is delivered by the federal courts on the matter. And that he believes the committee has zero authority. And I believe he's right. I think they do. The Second Amendment protects Brian Boquist and your and your pastor's right and my right to say anything basically under the First Amendment. The Second Amendment protects that. Why? Because the tyranny of the majority will be expanded upon us. Is going to be expanded. Already has been. David writes in an email. Art, hang on. I'm going to get to you in a second here. Writes an email about magazines. By the the time of the Second Amendment, the state of the art for multi-shot guns was the Ghirondoni air rifle with a 20 or 22 round magazine. Ballistically, it was superior to the powder guns of its time and had been created by elite marksmen in the Austrian army. Lewis and Clark carried a Ghirardoni on their famous expedition. I did not know that. Thank you, David. Folks, by the time we made the Second Amendment was adopted in America, an air rifle, was already in place. It could hold 20 or 22 rounds and was superior to the powder guns of the time. Lewis and Clark carried one of them. Did you know that? I bet you could use that in arguments, couldn't you? Let's go to the phones. Art, good morning. Good morning, Jeff. A lot of rain, buddy. A lot of rain. Uh, yep. 
first first of all, please do me a favor and give Gary my phone number, this phone number. I need to talk to him about an issue uh, okay. with the vaccines and stuff like that. I would appreciate it. Now, to what I wanted to say, we, you know, I hope like hell that, um, you know, uh, we get an injunction on 114. But if we don't, we have to have a contingency. And our contingency here in Marion County is our county commissioners. They have the right, okay, to protect our Second Amendment rights as county commissioners. And we need to get together with them and have them do their thing and say, we are not going to implement Measure 114 in Marion County. I think we, you know, all hands on decks. We need to do everything within our power to stop this infringement on our Second Amendment. Because you are right, it's going to take away our First Amendment rights too. And our commissioners can, if we put the pressure on them, say we aren't following this damn uh, unconstitutional law in Marion County. And they can even go further. That, that's a great suggestion, folks. The commissioners are meeting at 9 a.m. today. It's not just election stuff that Oregon people's vote is going to be presenting to them. Why don't you consider showing up and making a comment about Measure 114 and not only asking the commissioners to take the stand Art has just said, to say publicly they're not going to enforce it, but even to go further and to direct the county council to oppose Measure 114 and join the lawsuit. Yes, Jeff, be because, because all three of our commissioners are constitutional commissioners, and they all, all three of them are Republican. And I know if we work with them, they can, they can put a ban on 114 in Marion County. Yes, they can. Great suggestion, Art. Thank you very much, folks. Thanks for joining us today. Stay dry. Thank also Rebecca Donaldson for being a great award-winning real estate broker and one of our sponsors. Call her if you're thinking about buying a home or selling it. 269-0747. Rebecca'sGotHouses.com. More tomorrow, folks.